0: Uh, message or two around this topic on uh, purpose and calling Uh, because sometimes we can get a little off track in our lives or sometimes we begin to listen to the lies we tell ourselves the lies of the enemy that kind of tells us sometimes that we have no purpose Uh, but the reality is we all have a purpose and we all have a calling in uh, on our lives Uh, there's not one person here in this room uh, that doesn't have a purpose there's not a single person in this room who has uh, no calling on their lives. And sometimes we can feel in this world where, I you mean, might feel like I just, I'm not gifted or I don't have a spot or I'm not needed or there's no spot for me or I don't seem to have a purpose. Um, and that's just not true. I mean, the Bible is very clear that you have a calling and you have a purpose uh, on your life. Uh, sometimes we, we, we think we don't have a calling and a purpose because. What we tend to do a lot of times, we spend a lot of times uh, comparing ourselves to others. And we might say, well, I don't look like them, and I'm not gifted like they are, and I can't do what they do. And therefore, I look at me, and I guess I just have no place, I have no purpose, and, and have no calling. But the reality is, God made everyone unique and different, and that is a good thing. Now, you are unique and different, and that is a good thing, because there is a place for you, a calling on your life that looks just a little bit different. Than, than someone else. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That we are God's handiwork. And this is not crappy handiwork. I mean, maybe you've had like a you know carpenter show up at your house or a handyman or something to do a project and it was just like really not very good work. And uh, but this is God's work. Uh, he, does, he does perfect work. His handiwork is amazing. In fact, some other translations give us even a bit, bit of a clearer picture of what this word means. Uh, the New Living Tra- Translation says, we are God's masterpiece. Or some translations have workmanship or work of art or we are God's poetry. I Look up the definition. Uh, Masterpiece, it says, uh, it's the greatest work of a person's career or to a work of outstanding creativity, skill, profundity, or workmanship. And that is what you are. It's what God has, you are his masterpiece. There is no one like you. You are unique in certain ways because God has a calling, a destiny, a purpose, a plan uh, for, your, for your life. And it says that God actually prepared this in advance. You know, like an artist sitting back and just trying to figure out what they're going to paint. And they want to paint something beautiful. And they they start doing this. What God does, he sits back and he looks at us and says, I have a purpose and a calling. And I'm going to make this person perfect for that. And he creates us as a masterpiece uh, far in advance. Uh, 1 Peter 4 puts it this way. "Each Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Uh, that God has gifted us all differently. I don't have the same gifts as you. You don't have the same gifts as me. Sometimes there's overlap. But but whatever gift you have, whatever uniquely God has shaped you, is, is you're actually a steward of God's grace. That God has given you grace, and he's put it in you, that you are to give to others. And it says that whatever gift you receive to serve others, and this is Always part of our purpose and calling is to love others and to serve others that there's something about the way God has created you that when you carry that out, it actually gives grace to other people. That God allows his grace to flow through you and people are touched by the goodness and, and the grace of God when you are uh, walking down your purpose and your calling using the gifts that God has, has given you. First Corinthians 9 says this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. That that God actually, he's moved into our lives, which is incredible when you think about it. I mean, last night at the damn inn when I had tacos, that changed me. Filled me up and I felt better. Uh, but how much more when God moves in your life? Are you changed? Are you different? And, and, and God lives in us. We are his temple, and, uh, and we actually are owned by God. And that's not a negative thing. Because when you understand who God is, that God looks like Jesus, and God is the most amazing being in the universe. When we are owned by God, that's only a beautiful, beautiful thing. But we were called to honor God with our body. And, and one of the ways we do that is by living out the purpose and calling that God has designed for us. Now, we can go do our own thing. We can not honor God with our body and just live out our own plan and our own purposes. And it's very possible because the Pharisees did it. In Luke 7, it says the Pharisees and the experts in the law, those are the religious leaders of the day, rejected God's purpose for themselves. That God had a plan for the Pharisees and religious leaders. And obviously part of that plan was to love and serve people and and to help people come to know God. But they did the very opposite thing. They they pushed people away from God and gave them a bunch of rules to follow and made everything miserable. They rejected God's plan for them. And you and I can do the same. We can take all the gifts that God has given us in this unique way that God has wired us. And we can say, well, I'm going to use your gifts, God, to do my own thing. I'm going to use your gifts, God, to build my own kingdom. I'm going to use your gifts, God, to serve myself and do my own plan. But that will always leave you empty. You can be working with all your might on your plan and your kingdom, but you will always find this emptiness inside because that is not the way God designed you. He designed you to use your gifts and your uniqueness in a way that is according to his plan and his purpose. We see this in an example of Jesus. This is when uh, Jesus had been on a long journey, and he comes to Samaria, and God has this divine appointment with a woman who is at this well. And uh, the disciples go into town to get lunch because they had been on a long journey; they're hungry, they're starving. Jesus stays back and begins to love and serve this woman at this well and minister to her. The disciples come back with their, you know, pizza or whatever it is, and uh, and uh, we got the food and and. Uh, The disciples are urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. You know, a while ago you were starving. We were all starving. Why aren't you eating lunch? But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Uh, Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You see, Jesus in that moment when he was serving the woman as well was, was living into his calling and purpose and all of a sudden, in doing that, he feels this, this satisfaction, this nourishment that goes beyond physical hunger. And this is the same thing that happens to you and I. When we begin to line our lives up with, uh, lives up with God's purpose and plan, there's, there just begins to be the satisfaction, this nourishment we, we get in our lives. It's just like, man, this, this, is, this is life. This is what life is about. But when we begin to love our own plan, we, we miss out on this. In fact, even, you know, uh, you can take a look at just uh, studies out there of smart people, and they show that people who just generally volunteer, whenever you do something that's other-centered and you're loving and blessing other people, uh, that, that's always part of your general calling and purpose. We'll talk about that in a moment. But it just it, it satisfies us. It, it is good for us. In fact, a Journal of Health and Social Behavior study, set out to see if volunteering improves six things, happiness, life satisfaction, self-esteem, sense of control over life, physical health, depression symptoms, and the study found it approved them all. Now they've done studies that they find out, you know, some of the happiest people in this world has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has a lot to do actually with loving certain people. Now, people who just tend to volunteer, tend to be happier because Part of, that's part of God's plan for us is to, to love and serve people. And, and so when you're living in this plan where part of your life is loving and serving people, you will just find a greater nourishment uh, in, in, your, in your soul. And so I want to talk, uh, and this will just kind of be broad today, and we'll go in more detail next week, about calling, purpose, vision, and destiny. Whatever you want to call it, because sometimes people use these words interchangeably. Sometimes people have special definitions for each of them, but we're just going to put them all together, uh, that God has a calling or a purpose or a vision or a destiny uh, for, your, for your life. Now, to define this a little bit, um, let me just separate these three things here. Uh, we have hobbies in our lives, we have a job in our life, and then we have a calling, purpose, vision, destiny in our life. Now, sometimes they can interchange a little bit. But a hobby is something you enjoy, but does not really help and serve people. And there's nothing wrong with hobbies. I got hobbies. You got hobbies. Hobbies are great. Whether they're, you know, going in the woods or watching TV or golfing or, you know, skiing or whatever your hobby is, uh, those are important in our lives. I mean, we all need things that refresh ourselves and build up our spirit and and gets us uh, back full of energy. Uh, Those are good things. But God has not called you to live a life of hobby. Hobbies are good, but not a life of hobby. I mean, you spend your whole life just watching TV or your whole life you know, skiing by yourself in the mountains, you're missing something. Uh, Hobbies are there, they're important. Uh, But then we have a job. A job is something you do for income, but it doesn't have your heart. Now it may have your heart, because some people's job is also their calling, but but for a lot of people, their job, maybe they're good at it, they kind of like it, but it doesn't really stir their heart. They're not like, yes, I get to go to work today. They're like, oh, it's Monday, you know, and then Friday's like, yeah, I'm off work. I mean, it doesn't really have their heart, but, but we all know we need to make money. Yeah. Things getting more expensive, and we need to pay bills and have a place to live and food, and we've got a family you got to provide and share food, whatever. We, we need jobs, but they don't always have your heart. Now, then there's your calling, purpose, vision, destiny. This is something that God has wired you for. Has your heart and makes a difference in this world. Uh, it is something that stirs your heart, and it will always have to do with loving and serving people in some way. Now, for some people, their job and calling are actually the same thing. could look at maybe, uh, take a field, maybe like nursing. Uh, someone could have nursing as a job, but also they would feel maybe that it's their calling and their destiny because they love serving. Maybe, want to make people feel awesome and help them, and they just, like, this is my job. I get paid, but it's also my calling. I want to make a difference in people's world. On the other hand, you could have another nurse who's like, you know, I, I like my job. It's okay, but it doesn't really stir my heart, you know. It's okay, but, but, but I, 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 I nurse, and I make money, and I use that money to fund my calling, which maybe is helping out with youth or the underprivileged. Some people's calling and purpose is their job, and some people use their job to fund their calling, vision, purpose, and destiny. For most people, they end up using their job to fund their, their calling. Uh, I mean, you could, again, have a business owner who you know, has a, owns a business and they see it as their job and you know, they got a great business, but it doesn't really stir their heart a lot and they don't use their business to really love and serve people. Or another business owner uh, could feel that their business is their calling. If they want to have a business that it just goes over and beyond above, just loving and serving people, and they use their business to, to bless and love other people and serve people. And again, your calling can be the same of your job, or for some people, your job will have to fund calling, vision, purpose, and destiny. So, um, we're going to talk more on the I area here of calling, purpose, and destiny. So it always has to do with loving, serving people. Really, First Peter 4 is the definition of your, your calling, purpose, vision, or destiny, that each of you should. Whatever gift you have received, serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. and So uh, in the Bible, um, the Bible actually uses calling in a few different ways. Uh, the first is called, uh, this calling to salvation. That, that God as a father loves every single person on this planet uh, so very, very much. He's calling uh, people of this world to come and uh, to come into his family as his children. So there's this call of salvation. General calling a specific calling. So call of salvation, we see this like in Romans 1. So we are called to belong to Jesus. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9, God has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Or Galatians 1, who called you to live in the grace of Christ. And this is actually our main calling, is to enter into the presence of the triune God Saturated with the love that is flowing between the Father, Son, and the Father that the bless us us. Give us, that is our calling, to live in the fellowship of the triune God. And, and if you opens you, you your heart to God, then, wow, you, you've got a great foundation. You, you're well on your way to your calling and destiny, because everything flows out of that. Because it's out of our relationship with God where our identity is settled. We are... Uh, we don't have to prove to people anymore who we our identity is set in God. We don't have to get our, our, our worth from being right all the time because our worth is found in God. We don't have to get our, our worth from overwork because our worth is found in God. And this is really important because if your worth isn't found in God, you'll always try to find your worth or life from another. To try to get it from what people say about you or what you do and don't do or trying to prove others that you're the best. and and it'll tend to kind of twist your calling and destiny a little bit. When you get your identity from God, it sets you free. Really enter into the calling of these other two things. Uh, the other way the Bible uses calling is, is general calling. The God is calling you just love and serve people. He's calling you to love and serve people. In 1 Peter 3.9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing, now we're actually called when people do evil towards us, to not be like, I'm going to get you back in revenge, I'm going to put on Facebook, and I'm going to gossip, that's not our calling, that's not our calling, there's enough people who are on that calling, that's not our calling, (laughs) Our calling is, as Jesus said, when per- people persecute, you pray for them. You bless them. You love them. You find a way. You know, how can I bless you? Because, because we are called to love and serve. That that's our job. That's our calling. Do things differently than than the ways of this world. Or First uh, Corinthians, um, or First Peter two nine. We'll go on here. Uh, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That. Uh, we're God's special You know I have special possessions in my home. Um, I don't just have one because I got one that's like this and one like this because they're unique they both are my special possession and because we're all unique we're all his special possessions. You're a unique in such a way where God like you are a, you're best in this area that you are my special possession and he loves you. And You're God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. As Matthew, uh, Jesus said in Matthew, let your light shine before others. That we are called to go into the things that are dark in this world and are broken in this world and aren't saturated in love in this world. And we're called to enter into those places and bring love and light and goodness and serve and to love people. Part of the general calling God has put on us. Um... And if you don't know what your specific calling is, that's not necessarily bad. Because you, this is pretty much a lot of our calling is generally loving and serving people in front of us. You might remember the story of the Good Samaritan. It says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him pass by on the other side. The Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, went to him, bandaged him, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn. The Samaritan is an example of someone just living into the, the general calling of loving and serving. There was someone in front of him hurting, and he loves and serves. The priest and the Levite uh, Levi here are examples of sometimes what we do when we don't know what our purpose and calling and destiny is, or we think we know it is, in terms of our, it could look like this. We don't know what the priest and the Levite were thinking, but maybe the priest is walking by and saying, I just don't know what my calling is life." I just don't know what God's plan is. I have no idea what my calling is. I've got to figure that out. Oh, there's a guy laying on the road, half dead. Well, I just don't know what my calling is, so I've got to figure that out. And they, they use that as an excuse not to love and serve. Sometimes people do this. Because they're trying to figure out their calling in life, they kind of sit on the couch and it's like, I have no idea. God, would you just tell me what to do? I have no idea what I'm to do with my life. And it's like, actually, you should know what to do. Love and serve. Get out there and start loving and serving, loving and serving, uh, because most of the time, if you want to find out what your specific calling and purpose is, it will show up when you're loving and serving. It's not going to show up when you're sitting on the couch. It's going to show up when you're loving and sure, uh, uh, serving, or maybe, maybe the, one of the priests that leave it. Maybe they were walking by and saying, you know, I know what my purpose and calling in life is. I know exactly what God has called me to do. And they're walking down the road and say. Oh, there's someone half dead on the side of the road. Well, that's just not my calling and purpose because I know what it is. I know what my calling is and it's not that. We can also use this idea of a specific calling as an excuse not to love and serve. Now, God has given us a specific call that might be specific to you. And maybe helping that person may not be your giftedness, but if there's someone hurting in front of you, we are called to love and serve whether it's a gift or not. Uh, so don't use this idea of a specific call and gift as an excuse, whether you know it or not, uh, to not love and serve. Just our general call is to love and serve. Now on top of that, our call to salvation and our general call to love and serve is this specific calling that God calls us to use specific gifts to love and serve, that you'll have a specific calling on your life. It shaped you a little bit differently, and you're a special possession in way, God is like, I have something just for you. I have the perfect thing that you can do in this world that's going to be a steward of my grace. Acts chapter 13, while the church was together, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. There was a specific calling that came forth in a church meeting on Paul and Barnabas. And Paul knew it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Or Romans 1.1, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle. Paul knew what his calling was. Know what your calling is. Say, you know, Jesse, called to be, do you, do you, can you fill in that blank? Know what your specific calling is on your life. Got your call to salvation, you're your, on your call to generally love and serve people, Know your specific calling. We see Jeremiah had a specific calling. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That, that he was called to be a prophet to the nations. You know what you're called to. You know your unique purpose, your unique thought in this. And if you don't know, that's yeah, actually don't have to stress out about it, because um, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, first, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, you may have multiple specific callings. Uh, don't neglect one at the expense of the other. You may have multiple callings on your life. In other words, again, sometimes people, when they like, I got my calling finally. I know what it is. Then their whole life just gets focused on that one calling, and they forget that sometimes God actually may have multiple callings on you. Uh, An an example is um, um, like A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer Uh, passed away now. But he wrote many amazing books and well-known in so many areas of Christianity. Uh, His calling was to be a pastor. His calling was to be an author. His calling was to make a difference in this world. But in that calling, he focused his whole life on that calling. He failed to enter in and do well on his other callings, namely to be a husband and a father. He was a terrible husband and his father. He uh, wasn't there for his wife. He wasn't there for his kids because he got all focused in on his calling. And, and so just to be aware of this, you may have a call in your life, but make sure that if you're married, uh, you know, you're dating or you have family or maybe God has more than one calling that you don't neglect those at the expense of your calling. Because some people are like, this is my destiny. This is my plan. My whole life gets wrapped around this one thing and you just, you're all, everything else in your world just falls apart. Said this when it comes to calling an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. In other words, if you're single, maybe you can devote more towards your calling. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided, his calling is divided, his destiny is divided because, yes, he's got a destiny here, but he's also got a calling to love and serve his family. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. In other words, they can maybe dedicate more time to their calling, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. So uh, you may have multiple callings. I say this because uh, when I first felt called to be a pastor, I was also working as a, as a mechanic. I was a licensed mechanic before I was a pastor, and I was trying to juggle all those things I failed in my calling as a husband. I wasn't there for as I should be. I should have been at the beginning. Um, uh, You've got to learn to carry these the multiple callings if God has more calling uh, on, on your life. Now, if, if you're here and you're like, I just have no idea what my calling is. I have no idea. Don't stress out about it. Uh, don't stress out about it. Because you know your general calling is to love and serve. And, and often, you know, God is not really in a rush. I mean, I look at Jesus, I mean, it, still, it just baffles me, the life of Jesus. Jesus had the most important calling in the history of this world. He came to like save the world, you know, it's not a small calling. I mean, the most important thing. Uh, he was like the most gifted person ever. Like he seemed to have every spiritual gift. But you know he spent most of his life just in his general calling. He didn't actually start into his ministry until he was 27 or 30. How you do the dating. I mean, the first 27 or 30 years of his life, he was just a carpenter. He was just serving and loving people. And then all of a sudden, when he's later on, his calling just shows up and he begins to enter. I mean, if God wasn't in a rush with this, probably not in a rush with us. You look at Moses, didn't actually figure out his calling until he was 80. I and mean, God's not in a rush. Because God puts a lot of weight just on our general call to love and serve. And again, we can get stressed out trying to find our specific call. And, and when we get too stressed out, we can neglect our general call. But, but, but don't be in a rush. God's not in a rush. Secondly, don't put pressure on yourself to find your calling. Because most of the time for most people, you don't have to go looking for your calling. Most of the time, your calling will actually find you. Most of the time, you're just loving, serving people, Living out your general calling, and all of a sudden, God's call comes towards you, and all of a sudden, you begin to realize what it is. You don't have to necessarily go searching for it. It often actually finds you. And most of the time in the Bible, the way it works. Uh, We'll look at uh, David. Uh, This is when Samuel was charged to find the next king of Israel. And Samuel arrives, and he gathers the people around him, who he thinks should be king. So, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is so important in your calling. Just make sure you're developing your heart work. The reason God often is not in a rush is because all of us have a lot of character work that needs to, to be worked on. And it's in that period of just general call to love and serve, God works through character issues, works through that brokenness in life, and to work on that stuff and just love and serve. This went off, and God will show up and say, now you're ready call. Then Jesse called Aninadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse then had... Uh, Shammah passed by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. We asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him, we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, had him brought to him. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance. The Lord said, "Rise and anoint him. This is the one." So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. That day, on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I mean, David didn't have to go find his calling; it found him. Serving his father's sheep. I mean, while his brothers are off trying to be king, he's just serving his sheep and loving his family. And all of a sudden, the call of God comes. And that's the way it often works, you're just going to be serving here at church and filling in little holes where it need. Help is needed or serving in the community somewhere or doing something to love and bless people and all of a sudden you going to be, feel this call and it's going to be, settle into your heart and you begin to realize, oh, this, this has my heart. This happened with Jesus and disciples. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Disci- disciples weren't sending in resumes to, you know, get their calling. I mean, Jesus... He, he found them. He came to them and said, follow me. Again, often God's call will actually find you. So don't stress out about it. Now, this is the same with Moses. Moses was just, you know, almost 80s. All he is doing is taking care of his father's animals. Again, trying to love his family and serve people. And fire on the mountain, he goes up and meets with God. And, and God says, the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now go, I am sending you Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses wasn't looking for his specific calling it found him. So don't stress out about this. If you don't know what your specific call, your specific you know, destiny is in that little area, that's totally okay because just live in your general calling and out of that, you begin to find a better picture of your clear calling and destiny. And next week, Talk a little bit more detail on details on uh, the, the idea of a specific calling. And we'll look at the story of Nehemiah, if you want to find that in the Old Testament chapters of that. Uh, but with that, we're going to park it there. As a reminder, next week, uh, we are going to be doing um, baptisms. So if you uh, have opened your heart up to God and you've never been baptized, then uh, this is something you should think about doing said, to go in all the world and to baptize, and it's something that Christians throughout all of history have done, and most Christians here have been baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, talk to me after.